Yes, yes, team, and welcome to another episode of Total Mental Performance Podcast. Today, we have one of my personal clients, Matt. Uh, Matt Cooney, he's the founder of MC Future Fitness, uh, and he's built a phenomenal coaching business in, in what he does. Uh, and honestly, this guy has overcome some real existential challenges, and uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into them today. Matt, brother, welcome to the TMP Podcast. Kieran. Thanks a million for having me. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to come on the podcast and yes, share a bit about my story with with you and everyone. What's also very cool, Matt, is uh, you're one of the many um, people that go through the journey where they listen to the podcast and they come onto the program and they graduate and now they're a guest on the podcast. So uh, this is a very, very, yeah. very, very cool and exciting moment. But just tell a little, tell us, tell our audience what it is that you do. So, yeah, obviously I'm Matt Cooney. I'm the owner of MC Future Fitness. We're an online fitness coaching company. So started in 2015, so a bit a while ago. I'm getting old. I'm like uh, in my mid thirties now. I'm 33. So I've been in the fitness industry, I suppose, since 18. But I worked in a gym, dipped in and out of the industry moved to Australia with the intention of becoming a, a world famous personal trainer and instead ended up on a building site for two and a half years. And then some, something happened in my life, a tragic, tragic thing where I lost somebody and that kind of sparked the change for me of starting to move into fitness. It was what I always wanted to do, but again, I got stuck in somewhere where I just didn't have the I was just scared essentially to go go for it and it wasn't until that happened that kind of changed my whole life from literally that day i decided i was going into coaching moved within a year i'd moved from back from australia to ireland travel and traveled like five countries full-time pt full-time online coaching and yeah ever since then it's just that was 2015 it's been a it's been a journey to say the least to get to the point we are today so i suppose our mc future fitness the journey of the company is a lot like myself started about physique and building the body a lot of that a lot of trainers can probably relate looking back now came from my own insecurities and trying to build this shell on the outside to kind of cover up all all that was going on the inside that developed over time then to looking into the lifestyle the mindset the health kind of holistic approach and um, more so from a from my point of view of trying to get better results i was like like this puzzle that how do we keep getting better results that led me to like optimizing your health and then over the last couple of years since being a business owner kind of gotten to that point where you're dealing with kind of bit of exhaustion burnout um and then stress high levels of stress then i that has kind of made the evolution with the company into more looking after people's personal physical and professional health and being able to excel in all areas because for me the personal actually a lot got neglected on the way up here on this road as as probably with a lot of trainers when you start to run your own business you I didn't plan any of this. <laughs> so it starts to take off and your life kind of turns a bit upside down. And it wasn't until um, the last couple of years where 
I, you know, decided that I needed to sort that out as well. So it became this balancing act. And yeah, that led me towards Kieran at the start of this year to continue that journey of personal professional uh, growth and development. And yeah, here we are today. <laughs> I love that. There's two things I want to pick up on. Um, um, we don't have to go into the details if you don't feel comfortable, but you had a tragic loss. And one of the biggest things around death is death is such a powerful change agent because it often, <clears throat> often it holds up a mirror to everybody around that individual. And it's a subtle reminder that we're not here forever. And we often, particularly in the West where we don't really, you know, people live for a long time. People, people, we don't see a lot of death. Whereas if you look at a lot of other countries, death, you experience death so much more often. Um, and as a result, we kind of create this fallacy that we're going to live forever. And sometimes it takes us to lose a loved one for us to realize what's truly important in life and uh, why it's worth going after your dreams and, and pushing on. So that that's a really, a really fascinating um, thing. This is going to sound really morbid. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that's got memento mori, remember you will die, uh, tattooed on, on his yeah. forearm. Um, but I've had friends and, and family members and I've thought, you know what, I think it, for you to snap out of this, it's going to take somebody to die for you to realize that you only get one shot because you only really do get one shot at this. And I think when you recognize that, that can be such, in the short term, such a painful, destructive, grief-stricken event and the medium to long term, if you if you play your cards right and you do the work and you work through the grief, then fucking hell, it can tra traject you onto a path, um, just like it has has for you. Um, if you're going to give the, our audience a company snapshot, how is that set up? In so far as we know that the coaching mechanism is all online, but I know that you've built a team over the, the last few months and years. Mm. And how, I suppose, with just to go back uh, first on the, the death, yeah, it only reflecting now, looking back, like I remember, so it was my cousin and he was only 23. And the day after he died, I woke up and I could hear a, like a voice in my head, like basically like screaming, saying life is too short, life is too short, life is too short. That was like the 29th of December. By the 5th of January, I had my flights booked to Thailand, Croatia, uh, moving back, was leaving the job that I had been stuck in for two and a half years. And that, it was like, also for him, he was completely the opposite of me. I was like very safe and wouldn't take chances. And he was like, went to Australia 18 with no education, had worked in Saudi Arabia, had worked in Sweden, was the type of person that, I would come, I lived with in Australia. So I would come home on a Friday and he'd be sitting there and I'm like, what happened? What are you doing? He's like, I left my job. He's like, what? Why? He's like, I didn't like it. It's like, you can't do that. And then he walk out on Monday. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got no job. And I would never do anything like that. So like, and I was like trying to give him life advice. And when he actually passed, I was like, thank, this is as weird as it says. I'm like, although he was only 23, he had no regrets. Mm. And I was like, imagine, on the flip side, imagine that was me today. I would only be, all that would go through me was I should have done this. I would have, I could have. So that's where that flip just literally was like, hey, life is too short. We need to take action right now. And 
that's essentially what I did. And like you said, that started that uh, snowball effect. Well, just on that, Matt, um, <clears throat> before we go into the structure of the company, Matt has realized the dream that many online coaches feel like they want. And what I mean by that is he is a coach that uh, whenever I get on a call with him, I have to ask him where he is. In fact, I don't even know where you are today. Where are you today, Matt? I'm actually in Ireland today, but uh, that's why, yeah, if I sound weird, Ireland's getting its two weeks of summer and I got, I've got i gotten hay fever. And that's why, like, my nose is here. But yeah, usually this is, I think it's the fourth or fifth country I've been in on a call to over the last five months. <laughs> so Matt's realized that dream of coaching online and traveling. I mean, look, if you could reel off some of the, the countries you've been in the last 12 months, like how, where have you been? So last... September was in Spain, then went to Australia from October to January, went to Bali for a couple of months, went to Dubai, and I'm back in Ireland now, and I'm going to Thailand in two weeks, <laughs> and then coming back, and then I'm going somewhere else. So yeah, that's I kind of have about six different countries around the world we kind of circle around uh, for a couple of months at a time. <laughs> and... To some coaches listening to this, that is the dream. That is the laptop lifestyle. But not everyone can handle the laptop lifestyle. And I say this to coaches that you know are are keen on on doing the work and and going out and living that life. But it's not easy. And even we've spoken about those those various different things that you have to work on and figure out as you as you go and, and adjust that. So if you're going to give any, any tips to a young coach who's probably finally got on their business. Well, not even necessarily young coaches. A coach has finally got on their business online. They're finally in a place where they can uh, go and do the traveling. One, they're a little bit scared. And two, any tips and advice for those individuals? Yeah, I think it's it can be very much not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, even the perception for me is like, oh, I live this life where I, I just chat around on planes and, you know, maybe do the odd bit of work. But it actually is I, I've had to learn how to do it. Like I actually, I think I remember telling you Karen when I first started, it caused me too much stress because mm. I was trying to travel, trying to do the holiday things, then trying to work. And then I feel bad because I'm in a country and I can't do anything, only work. Mm. And then if I'm not, if I'm out doing things and I'm not covering the work part, it, it created so much stress. So for me personally, like a guideline, I don't go anywhere for less than a month. And I'll always, as my partner laughs at me, the first thing I look for is like a gym near me, a good apartment so I can set up. Like as soon as I get to a place, my work environment is like I'm rearranging things, putting before I've done anything. It's like I need my work environment and then I keep my routine 20, like 52 weeks a year. Like Monday to Sunday is I'm very even though you won't know what country I'm in, you know what I'm doing <laughs> on each day at, at that time. And I think you need that because I think sometimes with coaches as well, when they start to do that, they can take their foot off the pedal when it comes to business or they become too lax and then they feel guilty for that. So you, I think you also need to, it does take a level of discipline, especially if you want to grow. And I think that's, you know, as we talked about, like knowing what you want from your business is important because yes, I, I want freedom, but I also want growth and you can't, you can't have a hundred percent of both 
you know, unfortunately, as you, as you learn. Uh, so, you know, for example, there, we were in Dubai recently and Bali, and I was also dieting for a photo shoot. So again, there was a level and we were pushing business. So I didn't do much, <laughs> bar work, eat, sleep, train. But I was fine with that. And it's knowing that you will have these periods of times where, again, everything is a bit of a sacrifice and a trade-off, but I'm still grateful to be able to, you know, the, the, that, that for me, having that as a worry is, <laughs> I was on a building site five years ago, you know, shoveling for six days a week. I, I'm okay with, <laughs> with that, you know, having to work for a couple of hours in, in a, my Dubai apartment. <laughs> well, here's the thing, mate, you, you don't, there's no such thing as total freedom. You know, freedom starts when you realize you're trapped. So every single decision that you make will lead to a level of trapped. So, mm. you know, whilst you might have had stability on the building site, you're still on the building site. Whilst you might be able to travel around the world. And even when you came over here and you dropped in for a coffee, which was lovely. It's so cool to be able to just have that freedom to go and do that and meet people and network and chat and connect. At the same time, uh, there's a level of tiredness. There's a level of time zone shift. There's a level of um, just disruption that you have to be really agile and be able to adjust. Uh, and yeah, you know, if you're going to be working and doing that lifestyle, uh, I, I always, similar to you, I always recommend a minimum of one to three months in one place. Two months is often a sweet spot because it allows you to build routines. If you're chopping and changing everything every two, one, two, three weeks, it does create a lot of noise. I've experienced that personally. Uh, and then also have a lot of clients that are doing the, the digital nomad lap, life, uh, laptop lifestyle as well, because it's really hard for you to settle. And particularly if you're changing um, environments as drastically as you are, going from Australia to Dubai, to Ireland, to Bali, to you know Thailand, to, you know, these are very different environments. So it takes a little bit of time for your body to adjust from uh, even just the water that you drink, the food that you eat, uh, the timings, the time zones. So you have to be really, really agile. But there is always going to be a trade-off because, look, you know, for, for me, the last two years, so TMP's two and a half years old, um, the 12 months before I was traveling around and just sort of coaching where I was, um, for me, I made a decision to optimize for growth. So as a result, unless I'm publicly speaking somewhere, um, I'm pretty much based in Dubai. Uh, I'm flying next week to London to, to speak, and then I'm flying to Marbella to speak, then I'm flying to Glasgow to speak, and then I'm coming back, and I'm like, right back in the desert for a little bit of normality uh, and then a bit more speaking in September uh, as well. But it is a case of you've got to pick what your priorities are. And if your priorities is going out and exploring life and going out and seeing the world, there's nothing wrong with scaling back your ambition on your business. On the flip side, you don't have to just go, ah, oh, well, business isn't important. You are a living testament of somebody that's scaling an online fitness coaching company whilst traveling the world. And for anyone that's mm -hmm. listening to this, this isn't just Matt on his own, but he's, he's built a team around him as well to facilitate that. Yeah. And that uh, presents its own challenges in itself, you know, and as you build a team, you become a leader and you are now responsible for more than, again, just yourself. So that is also added pressure that I found um, an expectation on myself who now you know, has these people to look after, but, and there's a whole, I think a whole new journey of lessons, uh, successes, failures, uh, a mixture of emotions 
that go into into that process you know um and especially over the last three three years for me that has been challenging and there's been lots of obstacles but i think even from working with yourself the last few months there's been a lot of growth in that and now for me going forward and that's as, as you said like when i joined you there was a lot of feeling of being lost a bit and not really know where i was going with it all because like i said earlier i didn't plan this it wasn't like i sat down with a pen and paper and like most trainers you know you just when you start you're you're, you're like i can get paid to train people i love training that you know i'm like this this is like crazy <laughs> they start making money doing that but then it evolves into again the, the coaching and the online um and you you end up essentially winging it in a way because you don't know the especially when i was starting out coaching there was no blueprint mm. for online coaching it was like my whole thing was demand you know you start doing one-to-one sessions you realize not enough time in the day and then it goes to group you're like okay let's take more people for the group and that's what i i created six every challenges and again that that is a whole new system a whole new uh service that you're then providing and then that builds up and yet it gets to a point where you know you're now taking on staff you're hiring you have responsibilities and even for the balance that i found was like what you talk about a lot is between being in the business and on the business or like coaching being the coach versus being the the owner and i i definitely had a big struggle with when i first took on the team i was so much in the coaching that i couldn't do the two at once mm. i was nearly like oh it's too much effort to have this team i'm trying i'm trying to do both when yeah i you had to i in hindsight now realized i needed to take that time to train the team and maybe take two steps back to go three forward you know yeah and you know there's two halves if you're going to be a coaching entrepreneur you do have to love both the coaching delivery and the coaching entrepreneurship and leadership side and often of course there's skills communication skills structure skills hiring all of those things but often it comes down to belief belief that I, uh, I do deserve to be where I am. I am worthy of the success that I've built. I am worthy of leading the team. I am worthy of, of taking my mission to the world. And sometimes what can happen is as you evolve, your identity will kind of get stuck between identities. And I think at the beginning of the TMP process, you was at that point where you'd grown out of the things that you valued beforehand, perhaps more on the aesthetic side, and you're starting to look at, okay, well, what's more, what's more interesting? And a pattern that can happen with on, with coaching entrepreneurs in particular is um, if they're not being authentic to who they are, they kind of lose the drive and ambition and they kind of slowly start to bleed out in their businesses. They slowly start to self-sabotage and that fire just doesn't happen overnight. It just slowly starts to get a little bit smaller. And what happens is the, the clients that you start to coach no longer interest you or the problems that you're solving just aren't quite the same. And then you can kind of get stuck in this existential pattern of, well, this is where I've made all my money and this is where I've built a successful business. Can I possibly go into another thing? Or when you start hiring team members for the first time, it's like, God, who am I to be leading this team? Who am I to, to do this and do that? So sometimes it's not, it's not necessarily the knowledge. It's 
just the backing and the belief and the worthiness to know that, yeah, I fucking deserve to be in this room because I worked fucking hard to get here. Yeah, and I can definitely relate to that. Like the first time we spoke, that was, and leading up to that, this is, it's like a weird thing that both of us kind of said there was nothing inherently wrong with, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm in a display, like dark place, but there was something missing. And there was this feeling of unfulfillment. And over time, it created a fear of change and a fear of making the wrong decisions. And I started looking back at the past going, oh, should I have done that? Or why haven't I done this? And then you can get caught looking at other coaches who are exploding and going, I would have been there if I'd done this. And you get essentially caught in your your own head. And that's a big thing for me. And when I look back, again, the most successful I ever was was when I was just taking action. And again, I was fearless. And because I didn't try and build this, it just happened naturally. And it was all done through passion. You know, it was even remember just the work, like looking back now at like the amount of like, actual manual labor was in it compared to systems and stuff now, but I loved every minute of it, you know, but, and it's like, looking back, I'm like, geez, I was crazy back then to do, you know, manually doing absolutely everything, but it's, it was all driven through passion. And I think for me, that was where I got to that stage before I joined was like feeling lost kind of in maybe land as well. That's where even before, that's why reaching out to you, obviously, I remember I tell you, I was thinking about it for a long time. And looking back, I kind of related for coaches. I was the equivalent, like with mindset, of your normal gym goer who is like the average bro and knows about protein, knows to track his macros, progressively overload, maybe watches some YouTubers on, on YouTube, like Christian Guzman or that, but doesn't think they need coaching. Why would I need it? I know my macros. I know to progress free overload. And as we know with the coaching process, at every single level to get to another level, you need coaches. You need coaching. Um, so I was the mindset version of that. <laughs> like even when we spoke, I was like, yeah, I've read, I, I've, I've read those books. I've done this. I've done a lot of mindset. But realistically, I'd never actually delved deeper into the process. And probably I was, that was took me so long because I was afraid, afraid as well of okay that going that that bit deeper and investing in myself in it you know because again it's very uncertain and a lot of a lot of maybes maybe land (laughs) yeah it's not a good place it's not a good place yes is a great no's are actually really good but it's the maybes that will kill you and you were stuck in a place of paralysis by analysis oh but should i do this or should i do that or is it this or is that or have i made a mistake here or what what if what if what if and then you got the infinite what if sort of viral and uh, you can really get stuck. Um, often what's driving a lot of that is, again, it's identity change. You shit, you're not the same person that you were. Thus, the old, the old tasks of what used to fascinate you don't fascinate you anymore. Uh, and you've got to start finding new problems. But if we have belief issues, we have fear, uncertainty, maybe land, that stops us from taking action, and then it compounds the problem. And I could sense that was what was happening with you. Run, run through some of the emotions that were, were coming up at that time that were stopping you from, from executing. There was a lot of fear. I'd say that was the main one, fear of loss. 
mm. kind of like I had built this thing and that had made me, it affects your decision-making then or your inability to make decisions. And Joe Parrish kind of always says this, but I, I think I was playing to lose, or playing to not lose instead mm. of playing to win. So you're playing offense all the time instead of playing defense. And you know, if you're ever watching a football game, you know, what, like when a team's like 2-1 up and they start defending and you're like, oh my God, just waiting for it to happen. That 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 was me, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that then comes a lot of, I think, internal pressure, and you become resistant to to change. Again, the longer it builds up, the the worse it kind of gets, you know. And I think for me, it was that inability then to to be up fully authentic with myself and with others because like that when you change essentially you change who you are as you grow i didn't i was a bit afraid to step into that new identity to leave behind a lot of the old me essentially and even like you said to even make those changes with the type of client i work with the programs that we had run and you know it's like this is what had always worked what if the what if this doesn't work? <laughs> you know, or, or am I am I being a fraud here? Am I really? Can I really do this? Am I that like, you know, high performance coach? And it's like on Monday you are, on Tuesday you're not, mm. and so it's like it, it becomes this very in your head type of game, you know, um, and that's where you have that uncertainty, and it usually leads to sometimes again the feelings of not being good enough. I think was. A, a big one when you stripped stripped the layers back. And where did those feelings come from? Childhood and a lot of growing up and feeling a bit inf- inferior. And what I found out as well, which was interesting, like as we went through the process, there were things holding me back that I didn't know was ever holding me back. So as we again peel back layers of the onion, I realized, you know, when when I was a teenager, I moved from Australia to Ireland. So my whole life got kind of turned upside down at 13. Um, and then at 15, my parents split up. So that was another thing that had happened. And then, you know, my obviously my father wasn't there anymore. Mother wasn't technically there. She just, you know, turned to her own coping mechanisms with alcohol. So I was left kind of feeling abandoned and not to play the pity party. I didn't actually take it that way at all. What I did was put a chip on my shoulder and said, I don't need anybody. Mm. It, it, doesn't, so it doesn't matter what I was like, I will, I'll do what I will do anyway. And I carried this little thing on my shoulder and it actually served me really good because <laughs> it got me, it drove me to do things. And I was like, I'm going to show you anyway. I didn't know it was, this is basically like what I discovered. I was, unconsciously telling myself that and then all the successes I had had with business with growing they were all essentially through a bit of resentment you know that kind of like I'll I show you mm-hmm. <laughs> but that also it's served me well to a point and then stopped serving me because you can only do that for a certain amount of time before it will take you to a certain point and then it will actually keep you there or send you backwards unless you get pulled forward through 
vision, an actual vision of what you want instead of just proving someone else wrong. A hundred percent. And that's a great share. And look, the common human neurosis is we're all afraid of not being good enough and we're all afraid of not being lovable. The difference is um, kids make a decision and they either get that message and they go, yeah, you're right. And I don't try. But TMPers go the opposite way and they say, fuck you, I'm going to prove you wrong. And they go and they push and they push and they push and they push. And that's why I'm fascinated by the ambitious mind. That's exactly uh, what I did as a kid. Didn't feel enough living in a, in a council house in a really nice area, um, feeling judged by the other kids, being an ADHD kid at school. My dad not playing me, yet our team was bottom of the bottom league. Uh, and I, he still benched me every game. All of that inferiority was like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to prove you all wrong. You know, and that does take you to a certain level, but you always hit plateaus and you get stuck and you get frustrated and then you start to self-sabotage and then you start questioning because if you have a deep rooted belief of I'm not enough and then you've got the evidence or the perceived evidence that that's not enough because you're not growing at the speed at which you were growing. Well, that's where things get really tricky. And it's the same level of the thinking that got you to this level isn't the thinking that's going to get you to the next level. So for me, I'm always, I've always got one-to-one coaches in my corner. Even now I've got uh, three mentors that I meet as a minimum once a month or twice a month for a minimum of two hours each. Cause I'm always learning. I'm always growing. Sometimes we'll get there and there's nothing to talk about. Other times there's stuff going on, but you kind of need that, that new level of thinking to elevate that. And you can only take a client as deep as you've gotten yourself in any given area. So for you, for, for you, you recognize, okay, that served me, but it's not going to serve me anymore. And sometimes there's two parts of that. One part is being insecure and having to prove yourself as you get a little bit older and you have the evidence. It's like, I don't really need that. And then the other part's being skin. And if you're skin and you've got to rebuild things and then trust me, that will, that will work. But when you're no longer skin and no longer insecure, it's kind of like, it doesn't really do anything for me anymore. And then that's, <laughs> that's where you get stuck and that's where you get existential. But really for, for us, Matt, it was about helping you grow out of that and evolve in towards abundance and growth and vision and purpose. If you're going to describe who you were at the beginning of the process versus who you are today, how would you describe those two people? Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about and I was just reflecting on yesterday on, on a task we did with the, the identity worksheet and I was looking at it and I was like, oh, it, it, just describe the words and the things that I was scared of, you know, so that person that started again was lost, unsure, uncertain, Every, everything you had mentioned there, that, that was me, you know, and to look at now where I am is the clarity of who I am, what I'm doing, why I do it and where I want to go is completely different. And it's kind of like looking at from where I was, I was the future. It was foggy. It looked like I, I could kind of couldn't really make out the road. I was trying, but you know, if you're ever walking around with your hands out in front, your eyes closed, yeah. that was kind of me versus now I look forward and I can see the clear path and it's also not going to be easy. <laughs> and it's strong. It's not like, Oh, I, I have this magic road now that I just walked down, but I, I know that it's going to be worth doing that. And it, it's reignited my, my passion for it because I've looked at the things that weren't serving me and looked at, okay, like, why are they still here? And I've gotten rid of them. And now like, like tomorrow, for example, we're running our first client event 
So I'm going to be standing up speaking uh, in front of all our clients. And again, that is passion for me. I, I've run three events in the last four weeks. That's why I came back to Ireland that have, again, just ignited my passion for what I'm doing and the impact that we're having. And also from being around you and something I realized, and you said it, having those mentors and people is I need to have these conversations with people regularly. Like, and I, like, and the only way that can happen is if I do it, if I make myself like this week, I'm going to speak to this person, this, and I go out of my way to, to make sure it's part of my routine. Cause again, this type of conversation gives me energy, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's where you need to, to know what it is that you need at any given point, you know, and I still had bad days, bad weeks, stressful, as you know, from coming on the call, sometimes I'm like, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's a different perception of it and a different reaction and a, an ability to take a step back and go, okay, even now, like even this week, I've been a bit stressed and I've been able to step back and go like, I can understand my mind and why it's veering towards these thoughts and way, patterns of thinking. And I'm like, okay, that's that fear coming back in. I know it's over here, but what's the, where the abundance, what's mm -hmm. the other way of thinking? And that for me is key because again, we're all emotional creatures when stress gets high, mm -hmm. intelligence gets low. So if you don't actually create the space as well to, to give yourself space to think, because obviously you're a big proponent of that, which are king days, downtime. And it's something I would have not been good at is giving myself space to think. And it's not only it's, it's now that I understand it and like see the benefits of like the way I think when, when I give myself that space, I'm like, yes, it's just a different ball game. You know, it's like, we're, we're playing a completely different game now. And the way I respond to everything is just, uh, on a new level. Yeah. It's, it's way above, I thought I had a good level, but again, it's now a different level of thinking. Absolutely. And I can see it and I can feel it. Even when you came over for coffee, the energy that you, you came over for, for that coffee versus the one beginning at the, at the, the process, you went from a sort of lost, a little bit afraid to take risk and, and, and go into to new territory to just complete control. And you were like, okay, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. And, and some of the things that Matt did was clearing out the old limiting beliefs and the belief system and structure he had about himself and the world. And we did a lot of emotional work to get through that. And then once you've put in, and that happens in our foundation phase, the first six um, to eight weeks of our program, once you've got that and you're a bit more in control, we then started to build a future from that and it was understanding, okay, well, well, what do you actually want and what are the steps to get there? And when you break them down, actually, you're not far away as you want, but often people don't set goals or they don't set uh, visions because they, there's a unconscious belief of, am I worthy of that? And also an unconscious belief of failure. What if I set that and I don't achieve it? So it's easy for, for us to, if we're in a fear bubble or in a paralysis by analysis bubble to not set goals because I can't fail at something I haven't set. And once you had that belief and that backing, that confidence, and we built you a plan and we started to understand, well, where is it you're going and psychologically, why do you want to get there? And this wasn't, you know, this was a lot of graft. Every single piece of homework I sent Matt to do, he went and got it done. He'd come back and went, here you go. He was getting, a call, getting on calls at 11 p.m. at night, sometimes at 6 a.m. because of his time zone difference. And he didn't complain once. 
not once did he complain you know he turned up and he did the work and it's a testament to to who you are as, as a man as a leader as a coach and uh, you should be really really proud because i certainly am uh, i've got one question i always ask every and you probably know the question but forget us <laughs> as an organization forget uh forget me forget tmp but what does the phrase total mental performance mean to you if you had it how would you know it's funny hearing obviously i i knew you were going to ask this question because i've listened to the podcast and it's probably a question there's two sides of me one of me was like will i like try to think of this really good answer now to blow blow this out of the park yeah. and then that was probably the old me and the new one is like the authentic that was just i'm just gonna go what i whatever i think um because i'm always like it's every person that you ask i'm very interested to see what they say and i'll be honest my answer would have been i don't know right now but what i can do is give you the best my best eh, guess of what i think it is now and the thing with it is I don't think you can give a definitive answer to an infinite game. So what I mean is that the answer I give you right now, I hope that last year I wouldn't have given you that answer. And I hope that next year, if you asked me, I'd give you a different answer again or an iterative version. So my version of total mental performance is knowing exactly who you are, knowing what you stand for. So your values, purpose, and mission living a life that's in line with that and i think you need you need to break down each each one of the them because you may have certain values and be living in line with them but if you don't know really who you are that mightn't be matt's values that mightn't be kieran's that could be somebody else's that you portrayed or believe that you should value that and with with it being an infinite game you need to keep assessing who you are what you stand for because again your values may change over the course of your life and are you living in line with that so as your values change the way you live your life may have to change and i think having the awareness to work on yourself on a deeper level to know who you are know what you stand for and live in line with that is total mental performance i love that mate i absolutely love that and if you look at that definition you are living that definition. So a huge, 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 well done. I believe you've been TMP capped. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I've been, to, I think so. I, I haven't, I don't have the cap, but. So you've been capped. And what that means is uh, Matt has earned, you see the TMP cap in my profile picture. Um, people always ask if they can buy them. They can't, you've earned them. So Matt has been capped. So next time I, I see Matt, He's going to be picking up his TMP cap and showing it off proudly. You cannot buy these things. You've only earned them by making a huge breakthrough uh, in the evolution program and getting to where Matt is. If you look at Matt's definition of total mental performance, he's there. Um, and that's and that's it. But Matt, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor uh, working with you and, and just seeing your, your growth and trajectory. It's like two different men entirely. So I'm looking forward to when we next catch up on our next see you, my friend. Uh, where can everybody on the podcast find you? Yeah, so at MC Future Fitness is my Instagram. Uh, the website is mcfuturefitness.com. And Instagram is probably the best place. And yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you for having me on today, having me share a bit about my story and just for all you do with TMP and the whole process. It's been absolutely phenomenal and couldn't, couldn't recommend it enough. Thank you, Matt. Much appreciated, mate. Well, guys, let, if, uh, if, if, 
you found today's podcast interesting, please share it to your story. Please do tag me. Please do tag Matt. Um, we're trying to get this messaging out to the world. And uh, if you look into the show notes, you should see Matt's, uh, Matt's contact details to get in touch with him. Big love. And we'll see you all into the next podcast. So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.